This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, getting you ready for today's sports day. You know, three of the first four games have been at home, so you know at some point in time you're going to have to venture out outside the 806, so that'll be... That'll start this week. While having a little fun along the way. Always good if you can blame it on somebody else, right? Yeah, sure. Especially some media guy. Sure. Right, some media guy. Catch the show live weekday mornings from 6 to 9 on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3. I want to run a couple things by you. Uh, one from uh, the baseball world. Hal Steinbrenner says he would consider making Aaron Judge Yankee captain if he resigns. You have a thought opinion on that he seems like a captain type okay yeah um like he's definitely worthy yeah not just because of his play but mm-hmm. because of uh, the quality of guy is hard work all that good stuff he's known as being the you know first one in last one out kind of guy is that you know i'm just i'm just curious i mean is that a this was part of a conversation that that the owner of the Yankees had with Yes Network, so it's not just something that he came out and announced. Yeah, um, I, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I, I'm sure it's not him trying to entice. That's what I wanted to yeah, say. Yeah, I, I would guess it's not. If so, that would seem kind of cheesy. Right. Yeah. It's not like he comes out and holds a press conference and says, "Hey, I've told Aaron if he comes back, he's going to be Yankee captain," and. And let's be honest, I mean, there's very few teams where you bestow the captain title on somebody where it means as much as the Yankees. That's that's how I see it, just from standing from afar. I mean, it's not like, you know, name you could name about 30 other teams in baseball and like, he's the Yankee. Oh, okay, well, the Yankee captain is a pretty reserved title. Yeah, it is. It, it is yes. I just think it's it's made a bigger deal of than other teams naming their captain. So I don't want to act like it's a bigger deal. They don't always have one. Mm-hmm. That's part of okay. the point. Yeah. Yeah, because they feel it's only given to guys that are worthy. So there's not like okay, well you're the best of the worst here on this particular team, mm-hmm. and so you're going to be the captain this year. No, it's it's not done that way. Um, you know, it's not, but I I just think it's because it's that way. I mean, the media makes a bigger deal out of it. And and I and, and just from a guy that's on the outside, way, way, way on the outside in terms of following the Yankees and, you know, not being, a, I respect what they've done. Um, I'm not a fan, but I respect what they've done. Um, and I, I guess I look at it and go, that's a pretty revered title in my mind that not every team can say that they have reverence towards. He did say this about his uh, confidence level of Judge returning to the Yankees. I made it clear to him that is our wish. He means a lot to this organization. I made it clear to him that we're going to do everything we can to make it happen. I mean, that's kind of what you want the owner to say of your team for the star player. Fill in the blank of owner, fill in the blank of team, you know, fill in the blank of free agent perspective. Yeah, I I mean, at this point, I'm very much at peace with it in that I think the Yankees will offer Aaron Judge more money than anybody else. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, it'll be a significant amount that'll have him hanging around the highest paid in the game. And if Aaron Judge does not accept that, then he's not the 
I want to be a Yankee for life guy that I thought he was, and I'm fine with him leaving. Okay. Strange, strange ending to the Monday night game last night. Uh, I got home in time to watch the last, I don't know, almost three minutes of the of the football game. And, you know, the Eagles are undefeated, and they're trailing 26-21. to 21, And they, they're punting, and th- <laughs> they were trying to get the punt off before the two-minute warning so they wouldn't have to use all of their timeouts inside the two-minute warning. They were basically... They wanted to force Washington. Well, they had a they had a penalty on a play that brings it back. So now with two oh six to go in the game, they've got a punt, and that takes it below the two minute warning. Okay, so the Eagles get the ball, and uh, they run a couple of plays, and now it's third and seven, and um, and the quarterback um, for the Washington Commanders, uh, Taylor Heineke, gives himself up. But it's one of those deals where it's third and seven. Um, He's basically now at midfield. He's going to be sacked for a, uh, a 12-yard loss. There's a buck 45 to play. They're, the Eagles are going to have a chance to come back. And it's weird how he goes down because it's clear he's giving himself up. But then Brandon Graham, who is a 13-year veteran, can't pull up as he's trying to because they're all going after him. Because if the Eagles, you know, if the if the Commanders get a first down, the game's over, right? Right. And he's trying to give himself up and, and even slides on his knees. Well, Heineke had already been touched. Graham comes in and he hits him and they call roughing the passer. Yeah. And the technical nature of the of the penalty, it's the right call. It's just one of those another one of those things where, you know, defensive players trying to stop himself from doing something and runs into a player or pushes a player or hits a player. And he's really hustling because he thinks Heineke's trying to waste yes, as much time as yes, possible. Yeah, yeah, right. or get a, or get away and try to create a play because if he doesn't hustle and Heineke, you know, sees that he's now got an open receiver downfield and completes a pass, then Brandon Graham's going to be criticized. And I guess there's really nothing you can do about it. And he, to his to his credit, Brandon Graham after the game said, "I'm going to take that one on the chin. Of course, we're all going to flush it and move on." But I'm definitely going to take that one. I let the team down in a situation like that. He didn't blame the officials. You know, he didn't blame the rule. It just, uh, it's kind of one of those things. It is what it is. And, you know, as much as you'd like to see replay of things like that, then it is, you know, you you know that those calls aren't going to get overturned from on the field. Yeah, I mean, the bigger the bigger call in that game was the missed face, face yes, mask. That, yes. You know, really cost really cost the eagles they're mm-hmm. driving and mm-hmm. looks like they're going to go in and um instead of you know taking the lead ultimately it's there's clear clear face mask i don't know how it was missed and um the ball's fumbled and they return at 55 yards and you know and just completely changed that game yeah that, that call that was the bigger deal yeah no 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 question um, it's just the the one that happened at the end of the game, you know, where they still would, they uh, despite sure. all of that. But you're sure. exactly right. The the face mask call was egregious. Um, but you're going to have those. That's the human element of sports, right? It's just man, you feel like that should have been one that, with all the eyes that you've got on the field, that should have been called. I don't know. There just needs to be a. I don't know. In case of glass break flag that you throw. <laughs> 
<laughs> I like that. A case of glass. Like, throw, throw it to break the glass. Yeah, right. To like, okay, just look at this, okay? Right. And look at it. See what happened there, okay? Get it right. You're listening to the Morning Drive Podcast from Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3, recapping the night that was in the world of sports. A little bit later on tonight, uh, we'll have uh, the Astros and the Diamondbacks. That'll be at 8. And then the Rangers playing at Seattle uh, tonight. And also bringing some humor to your day. Was it pretty big? Yeah. I mean, it was impressive? It's, yeah. Was it fascinating? It was, I thought it was fascinating. It kind of smelled, but I mean. <laughs> Hear the show live weekday mornings at 6 on Double T 97.3 or on the Double T 97.3 mobile app. Time for this day in sports history. Today is the 14th day of November. Check again. 15th day of November. There you go. Thank you. I was looking for my calendar. <laughs> I was looking for my calendar. 15th day of November 2022. Here is Jeff McGuire. 1946. Ted Williams picks up the AL MVP. 1951, New York Yankee Jill uh, Gil McDonald wins the AL Rookie of the Year. Would have been cool if it was Jill. <laughs> Just been interesting. That's for, <laughs> that's been for interesting. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe someday it will be. <laughs> Who knows? We don't know. 1960, Elgin Baylor of the NBA Lakers scores 71 points versus the New York Knicks. 1961 AL MVP. Ted Williams. <laughs> 1961. I'll give you a hint. Okay. He Let's hit that with, many home runs. I'm going to go oh, with Roger, Roger Maris. Maris. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, it was, like, it was like a Captain Obvious comment. I was like, okay, well, I'll... You know, okay. Yeah, 61 and 61. Yeah, that makes sense. 1962, Don Drysdale wins the Cy Young Award. In 68... The first date in the controversial Jim Burton baseball diary, Ball Four. Uh, my mom bought me that book. What what year was it? It came out seventy four. Uh, I don't remember when it came out, but this I, was the first date written down in that diary. I I, I want to say it came out in seventy four. I want to say seventy four, seventy three, because I'd had knee surgery, and my mom thought that would be a good book for me to have. And uh, and and once. It was originally published in 1970, but I think I got it in like 73. And then I think I had it out and she picked it up and read it. And then that book disappeared. But then later in life, I got it and I've read a lot of it. It's a was a behind the scenes look at baseball, right? The very underbelly yes. behind the scenes of baseball. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to say it, Jeff. Mm-hmm. 1988. Dodgers outfielder Kirk Gibson wins the National League MVP award. That's pretty appropriate. And in 2004, Maria Sharapova becomes the first Russian to win the tennis season-ending WTA Tour Championship, beating American Serena Williams 4-6, 6-2, 6-4 at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. This is probably a really good day for this because it's early enough in the month where you can get ahead of the, the, the process. It is National Clean Out Your Refrigerator Day. Because mm. it's about to get full. So oh, get it cleaned true. out now. Oh, there you go. True. Yeah, sure, it makes sense, right. It's also National Raisin Brand Cereal Day. Just never could get into the Raisin Brand. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. 
Happy birthday, former Red Raider basketball player Martin Zeno is 37. Sean Murray from N- him too. Mm-hmm. Sean Murray from NCIS is 46. Uh, John Lee Miller is 50, and Carl Anthony Townsend is 28. And on this day, in 1965, at the Bonneville Salt Flats in Utah, 28-year-old California Craig Breedslove sets a new land speed record of 600.601 miles an hour. With his SST? Or just 100 miles slower than Chuck's Pinewood Derby car <laughs> in his Spirit of America, which cost $250,000 and was powered by a surplus engine from a Navy jet. He actually drove across the desert twice that day. Since international world record rules require a car to make two timed one mile runs in an hour, the official at log of the average is the average of the two trips. During the trip, Breedlove traveled at a rate of 593.178. During his second, it was 608.201. Mm. Afterwards, saying the 600 is a thousand times better than the 599. Boy, that's a great feeling. And that is this day in sports history. I, I remember that because Sports Illustrated had a, had him on the cover of uh, Sports Illustrated. And you saw him in the salt flats. And then they, they came out with this toy car. It was called, from in, in my mind, it was called the SST. And you put one of those, um, you know, plastic strips in it. And then you pulled it kind of like a rip cord. Sure. And then you sure. let it go. And, you know, it would just go <laughs> across the hardwood floor or wherever you know out in the driveway mm-hmm. and those were those were everybody had one of those and i say everybody i sound like a 14 year old don't i but when you're like nine ten years old everybody had one of those things okay <laughs> <laughs> 650 this morning here on lubbock sports station double t 97.3 and double t 97.3.com take your thoughts and comments this morning on the yates flooring center chat line or the uh, benchmark hotline 806-771-0973 uh, is the number for that. <clears throat> uh, it's funny, and we'll get some thoughts from uh, Coach McGuire, but uh, one of the things that he said yesterday is that when he was coaching at Baylor and they played at Iowa State in 2018, he said it was the coldest game he's ever coached in. He said, but he would, he said he looked like Gumby uh, because he was all bundled up, and he said he was going to be comfortable. Uh, but, you know, when they're green and you're all bundled up and you kind of got a lot of layers on. He said he looked like Gumby. Yeah. Get it. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he was, he was all, he also said he was going to have a toboggan on. And then he, as he was leaving, he turned to some of the younger folks and he was explaining what a toboggan was. And I said, you probably ought to tell him who Gumby is too. And he, Mm. he laughed about that. So anyway, six fifty one this morning here on the morning drive. Take your thoughts and comments again on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double for that. Um, we will have uh, high school fan zone tonight on 100.7 the score. We'll have friendship girls and boys basketball tonight from Tascosa here on double T 97.3 and the double T 97.3 mobile app. And then Lady Raider basketball tonight on 107.7. Yes. F M. Uh, there's also, it's a, that, that time of year where the, you know, college basketball and football news, but man, what tragic news out of Virginia yesterday with three players being shot and killed by a former player and another player who's injured and man, just it's it's an unspeakable tragedy. Yeah, five students in total. That's yeah. Tragedy is the way to describe it. 
and you know don't don't know what the the future of their football season is and you know yeah, gosh. i mean that's probably the last thing that's on their mind uh they're going to have to make some quick decisions though uh unfortunately uh one of the one of those killed had played in the game this past weekend um another had not played very much this year another had caught some balls this year so it's just uh just just I mean, you, you hate to see that happen anywhere, regardless of whether they're football players or just, you know, regular citizens. Um, and then you, you, you ask yourself, well, what, what would they want? Would they say, hey, we, we want you guys to play. Um, but then you have to look at the team and go, do you, you have that capability of being able to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, because they're, they're buddies, they're brothers, they're friends, all those all those kinds of all those kinds of things. It's just like I said. It's a it's an unspeakable unspeakable tragedy. So uh, we shall see what uh, what they decide uh, on that. At any rate, it's uh, crazy to uh, to think that uh, that that could transpire. They are supposed to play a um, non conference game this week, Virginia, as they play uh, Coastal Carolina. That's a scheduled 230 game virginia's three and seven on the season coastal carolina's nine and one so we'll see what they uh, decide to do on that all right it's just before seven we'll get some words from the head football coach next and uh, talk uh, red raider football and get also some thoughts from coach mark adams on his basketball game from last night and the adjustments that they made in the second half as they uh, they pulled away and won by nine uh, thanks to a 14 to one run after it was a one point game, uh, they get the victory and now it's off until next Monday when they play in Maui against Creighton. Your morning dose of coffee and sports. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Catch the show live weekdays from six to nine on Double T 97.3 FM or on the Double T 97.3 mobile app. I've been doing this a long time. Some of us are smarter than others. Not. Um... Uh, I'll, I'll go wherever, but but yeah, uh, I don't miss being in, on the sideline in 24 degrees. Uh, but if that's what it took, that's what it, you know. That's where I would be on the sideline. Uh, you know, going to a place that you know the, the weather's going to be a little adverse. It's all part of it. You know, we all have to play in it. I've uh, coached at schools that that, that was just what, this time of year. That's what you're going to have. And certainly got a little cold last week to get us warmed up for it. And we're going to go outside tomorrow morning. It's going to be in the 30s here, so hopefully that will get us ready for what we'll face on Saturday night. That's uh, Texas Tech defensive coordinator Tim DeRuiter. Weather's going to be a little adverse. <laughs> <laughs> now, he, he gets to sit in the press box. At some point in time, he does have to go outside. I don't know what the locker room situation is like in terms of does, do they have to cross the field and go down and, you know, I mean, he has he has to get outside, but he's he is not out there, you know, for an extended period of time like our colleague Chris Level. Can you can you imagine how that's going to go for Mr. Level? Uh, he's been through it before. Yeah, Coach Druder sounds very similar to Coach Tadlock, who on more than one occasion, when I like, will say to him, uh-huh. like, "Oh man, I I feel for you guys down there in the cold." He'll go. <laughs> And he'll act like, don't be a wimp, Jamie. You know, <laughs> he goes, yeah, it's a little weather. It's a little chilly. We're fine. You know, we can handle it. He kind of makes fun of me for being soft. Um, 
even though I'm trying to be sympathetic sure, towards him. Sure, right, right. Yeah, right. so Coach DeRuder sounded very like, yeah, it's, it's a little chilly, but we'll be fine. <laughs> be a little adverse. He's going he's to be in the like, press box. Coach, it's 12. There's snow. There's but, snow falling. But okay? hey, hey if, the, they, if they needed me to be out there, I'd be out there, you know, but they need me to be up there. The, the question was asked, um, uh, since he's up in the box, does he enjoy coaching in uh, games like this where it's going to be 24 degrees? And he gives the, you know, so I've been doing this a long time, and some of us are smarter than others. Mm-hmm. So he had some fun with the answer as well. Yeah. Uh, Joey McGuire met with the media yesterday uh, to, uh, I don't know, get the uh, the analysis kind of moving forward. Um, the immediate analysis of, uh, of, of, the, of the game takes place on Saturday night. And then, you know, and in Coach McGuire's defense, I mean, by the time they get to Monday, I mean, they've dismissed Saturday. So there's... There's basically little to no discussion of uh, of the previous game, win, lose, or draw, because they're on to the next event. So here's a couple things from Coach McGuire. First, uh, the quarterback situation. He was asked if Baron Morton will start if he is cleared, and then he elaborated on Morton and then also on Tyler Shuck. No, we, Baron, whenever it comes to game time, I mean, he'll throw stuff like that. He'll know the game plan. Um, my expectation is to, you know, start Tyler um, and to have him ready to go and play like he did this week and and uh, use Donovan uh, in his packages. And, you know, really, um, we were so close. With Donovan came in last week and threw that jump ball to Mason, did a really good job, had a – Put it to where it was either Mason catching it or nobody catching it at six nine, and then um, you know we were going to continue if he was the only quarterback on the field. But Tyler and him were on the field, so we went in, went ahead and you know switched back. But we'll continue doing that and giving him uh, things that that uh, he does really well, and then just have Baron uh, if anything crazy happens. He did talk about, and Jeff, you can help me with the, maybe the more the specifics. He did talk about that. When he was in, Tyler Shuck and Morton and uh, Donovan was at quarterback. That that there was a check down that went all the way to Tyler Shuck, and then in practice, uh, he had checked down to him, and that he had caught a caught a ball that went for a touchdown. Uh, so, don't don't be surprised if you see uh, Donovan throwing to number twelve. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it seems like it might might make more sense if Shuck lined up behind center and. Donovan, the sure. more athletic guy, <laughs> was the one out there trying to catch passes. Right. No, that's that. I'll I'll tell him you said is that next that, time. <laughs> is that in the plans? I don't know. The I, he, I don't the, know. The concept was is the reason that it. One of the things that got brought up in that was that Chuck ran a ran twenty one miles an hour or something. Yeah, he runs twenty one miles an hour on the GPS yeah. uh, during the was, spring. So the, this yeah. isn't necessarily in this week. But has run that fast, so maybe trying to use some of his speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that uh, that might be something that uh, that you might see. All right, here is uh, Coach McGuire on his message for the team this week. You know, I think the the, the the echo this week is going on the road and winning. You know, we haven't done that. You know, and so um, this is our last opportunity uh, in the regular season to do that. And so I think that you couple that with. Um, um, going on the road and winning and coupling with make sure we're finishing the fourth quarter. You know, uh, both teams, we didn't score in the third. They didn't score in the third, so I was happy about that. And then we were able to score in the fourth, you know, to really pull away. And, you know, we got to focus on that again. This is going to be a tight game. It's going to be a really physical game, um, you know, and 
contrary, I think we talked about it a little bit Saturday. We played defense in the Big 12, you know, and and uh, so you're going to see that. I mean, you saw that in Austin the other day with uh, TCU and and Texas. The people that are saying that you don't play defense in the Big 12, I think they're looking at old uh, video or something. They're not looking at what's happening day in and day out, day out in this conference. That's, uh, that's Joey McGuire. He also said with regard to the offense that they would identify what the offensive line can do well and then execute that. So I don't know if that's simplifying. I don't know. I think if they that, did a good job of that last mm-hmm. week. Yeah. And, and then one thing that uh, Zach Kitley said yesterday, which I thought was, was insightful, he said that um, you have to be in a position where you can't get frustrated with only two or three or four-yard gains against Iowa State. He said that there's been times, and he's been a part of staffs, where they did some of that in the past. So, so it's that old, sometimes you got to take what they're giving you, mm-hmm. but don't give up because, I mean, a two or three or four yard gain, you know, if you get two or three of those, well, you got a first down, right, without having to go for it on fourth mm-hmm. down. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's sometimes uh, one thing that they really want to do is they want to establish the run early and then run some tempo. Uh, against Iowa State. So that's uh, that's a couple of things. Uh, with regard to Tyree Wilson, um, he is going to travel. Um, Coach McGuire talked about how tough it was uh, losing a guy like him. I said, you, know, you don't just replace a guy that's 6'7", 275, um, and that he'll, uh, he'll do a great job helping his teammates. He'll, he'll be a coach kind of on the sideline. He'll travel. And he said, you just don't replace a guy like that. But, you know, they... Uh, they want to have him around and uh, and helping out uh, guys. But he was very complimentary of Josiah Pierre and how he has stepped up uh, for this football team. And it's not like he's going to replace him, but it was co- was very complimentary of what uh, what he's been able to do so far this year. Good, good. That's uh, it's going to take a lot of different people, um, kind of stepping their game up a little bit mm-hmm. to make up for a guy like like him. All right, uh, so uh, one last thing uh, for Coach McGuire. He talks about not rushing uh, Tyree back due to his future. Yeah, it's his foot, um, you know, and with, like, really with all our players, I mean, you've got to be, you know, really, uh, you've got to do a good job with, and we've got such great doctors with Fi and Crawford, but with a guy that's a projected possibly top 10 pick, um, you're definitely going to, double check and triple check and so he uh he had actually uh sunday's had an i think another group today and then they will get together and see if it's a deal to where you know our expectation is can he play he won't play this week for sure but can he play against ou or is it a deal to where you know you shut him down it's almost like like when we become bowl eligible i do not expect ty tyree wilson to play in the bowl game um, if we were playing for the national championship, I'd expect Tyree Wilson to play in the bowl game. But when you're talking about a guy like that, it's possible top 10, top 15 pick. You better slow everything down and make sure that you're getting the best information. You think that includes if he hadn't have been hurt, that he wouldn't have played in the bowl game? No, I think it's just because he was hurt. Because he was hurt. Yeah, because he was hurt. He, I think he just wanted to be clear on that, that, hey, just because he may play against OU, if we need to get bowl eligible, he won't, probably will not play in the bowl game because of his future. No, I don't want to jeopardize that. Your morning blend of sports. K-State is uh, coming off a big win over Oklahoma. Of course, the Red Raiders off their 
37-34, overtime win over number 22, Texas. And humor. Sure to tell them that. You, you suggested that. <laughs> and, of course, they got a big laugh. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Catch the show live weekdays from 6 to 9 on Double T 97.3 FM or on the Double T 97.3 mobile app. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. All right, what you got for me? All right, Chuck, I'm testing you and the audience, mm. Jeff, too. Oh, my God. Your prisoner of oh, the no. momentness. Okay. I'm Last a prisoner week. of many moments, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> and I sometimes feel like I'm a prisoner of your moments, too. I, I know, and I feel bad for you. I really do. <laughs> it's like last night we're walking across the street at the arena, and this guy walks up to me and goes, is it cold enough for chili? And I'm like, uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. cold enough for chili. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> okay, so last week you told us you didn't think the Red Raiders will win another game this year. Right, I was wrong. Didn't I'm glad think... to be wrong. <laughs> I want a shot collar every time one of us says that. I do. I seriously do. Um, you thought we would lose at home to Kansas. You mm-hmm. thought we would lose on the road to Iowa State. You thought we would lose at home to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. First part of that, Red Raiders come back and and find a way to get a win against Kansas. Not come back from like from behind, but they come back from losing two games mm-hmm. and get it done against the Jayhawks. So now you're just one win away from bowl eligibility. Are you sticking with Tech will not make it to a bowl game? And if the answer is no, which one of the two do you think you will get? I said at the start of the season five and seven. I, I I think based on how where Oklahoma is right now and where you are right now, I I think you beat Oklahoma. I think you lose this week in Ames, and I think you beat Oklahoma and get bowl eligible. I think you. I think there's more want to. That's my perception. Okay, I don't know anything about Oklahoma. I'm not inside their locker room. I just kind of feel like there's there's a lot of want to left for this football team. Um, and the way that Tyler Shuck played last week, man, I was clearly wrong um, on basically everything for him. Now, you can say, well, maybe it was the team that you were playing, and that's fair because they give up a lot of yards defensively. But still, he came out and performed, and he did not look like a guy that was afraid to be hit. I mean, there's still some arm velocity challenges for him probably. But I thought he directed the team and led the team and did what he needed to do to get them a win. Okay. I don't feel great about either of the last two games. Uh, I don't. I know Oklahoma's down, and talking to Oklahoma fans, had, just talking to one yesterday. Uh, why would you do that? It, he's a good guy. He's just <laughs> he was drawn off sides many many years ago, and he's been that way ever since. But they will tell you that this is the worst Oklahoma team since they went there, and that might all be true. But I don't like facing Oklahoma needing a win at home in the last game of the season to become bowl eligible unless Spike Dykes is your coach and Cliff Kingsbury is your starting quarterback. And E.J. Hollow's yelling at them in the locker room. I'm just saying all of those things need to happen for me to feel better about it. And I'm not saying that this staff can't do it, but it's that concept. And you are playing in Ames in November. I hated this game at the beginning of the season before we found out it was going to be 24 degrees. However... I think you can still get ball eligible. I think you can get one of the two. 
of the two, I feel better about the Oklahoma game than I do Iowa State. Okay, I'm in the boat of feeling you're going to get one out of two. I feel 50-50 about both games. <laughs> and I think you'll get one and you'll lose one. Okay. Um, if I was leaning one way or the other, I would lean towards the home game. Um, yeah, I, 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 I didn't think you were out of this thing when you had lost two in a row. Uh, I knew the last three would all be quote-unquote losable games but i thought you were good enough to win all three of them and and um and if you put them individually um i just this iowa state game is really confusing right because they're so good on defense mm -hmm. but i mean if you could just have an average game offensively but i i, I think it is i mean i think it would be unfair if you're comparing the three quarterbacks and you're looking at Tyler Shuck's play this past week and saying, well, that's what we've got from Tyler Shuck. That's that's who he is. Well, that's the easiest defense you've probably played all year long. West Virginia would be in comparison to second, that. Second easiest. Yeah, yeah, maybe second easiest. That's that's the easiest defense you're going to see. I mean, we, Varon and Donovan have had to face tougher, much tougher defenses than what Tyler Shuck got last week. So, this will be quite a challenge for him and for this Red Raider offense. Uh, this offensive line that I thought played really well this week, maybe their best game of the season. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna be challenged. Mm -hmm. And it does, it's not like you you got to score thirty five to win this game against Iowa State. You'd like to think if you scored twenty four, twenty seven, you you'd win this game. You know, I think uh, I don't know if it was Aaron who asked Mike this, or they they had this discussion a little bit uh, yesterday on Tech Talk in terms of. How many points do you think the Red Raiders need to score to win? And I think one of them said twenty-one. I think Dickens said twenty-four. Um, do, do you feel like do you feel like that's enough, Jeff? Twenty-one or twenty-four to win? Twenty-one wouldn't have me real confident. I'd, I'd feel way you... better at twenty-seven. Twenty-seven, okay. Yeah, I'm right in that range, somewhere in like twenty-six, twenty-five, twenty-four area. I, I think is the winning score in this one. Yeah. Although, I, would, I would imagine that Iowa State is going to try to pound the football on the ground. Right, that's and that's going to make the game shorter, so you're limiting possessions, and you don't have Tyree Wilson in this. <laughs> no, I'm just worried about you matching up with their offensive line with your defensive front and getting worn down. So I don't think Iowa State's going to be held to 10 in this game or anything like that. I think they'll be into the 20s. Somebody wants to know who we beat on the road. We have not beaten anyone on the road this year. So that's ourselves. The, We've gotten really good at beating mm, ourselves mm -hmm. on yeah. the road. Uh, somebody else asked, do you really think Oklahoma cares about making a third-tier bowl? I doubt they have much want or desire when they come to Lubbock. I, I, I think that's fair. I do, too. Yep. I, I do, too. Um, uh, somebody says it could be 24 degrees uh, when we play Oklahoma. Yeah, because now that's going to be a night game. That's a 630 kick. That'll be chilly willy. Put your nose warmer on, Jamie, for that one. 7.39 this morning on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Oklahoma has Oklahoma State Bedlam on uh, Saturday. Texas and Kansas. Kansas State plays at West Virginia. Shane Lyons out. Neil Brown is he to follow. And then Baylor and TCU play uh, at 11 in Waco. Wouldn't that be the most Baylor thing ever to beat TCU? <laughs> and of course our game 
6 o'clock on Saturday. Our optimum game day live coverage presented by United Supermarkets begins at 7 a.m. Saturday morning. You're tuned in to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, recapping the night that was in the world of sports. That's not to say that they don't respect the run game that you have, but you're talking about one quarterback leading the, the conference in passing so far this year. And remember, he didn't start the first game. Right. still played a lot, though. And also bringing some humor to your day. I, I just don't want to disappoint you. I just... As much as I disappoint you, I don't want to disappoint you in some things that you expect from me. Hear the show live weekday mornings at 6 on Double T 97.3 or on the Double T 97.3 mobile app. Nice to have you with us this morning on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Jamie Lint and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. An hour from now, it's Choice Woodman and Jeff Haxton. You heard Jeff uh, last night on the Red Raider basketball call as uh, Texas Tech took down... Louisiana Tech, uh, we've talked a little bit about that. We've heard a little bit about that. So if you have a comment on that, what you saw and observed, be uh, happy to take that from you on the 8th Flooring Center chat line. Go to com for that. Or you can uh, give us a jingle on the Benchmark Hotline this morning at 806-771-0973. You heard uh, Brian Jensen's call of Trey Wolf's made field goal. Wolf now has uh, 36 field goals. He was uh, three for three this past weekend. He's now eighth all time in Texas Tech history in career field goals. Okay, okay. that's so, awesome. So he has uh, definitely he, stepped up from the beginning of the year. Well, yeah, I mean, you could also say he's definitely stepped up from struggles from a couple of years ago too. You know, um, you know, he lost his job and yeah. I mean, I just I think Jeff and the immediate. I mean, even. It's through the first game of the sure. season or whatever mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. were, you were worried about your kicking game. Couple, of, yeah. Even cu- coming into it, you were worried about it. Coming into the season, you were, you were worried about it. So maybe not, uh, not so much to uh, to worry about now. Uh, Joey McGuire is the head football coach for Texas Tech. In case you didn't know it, um, he uh, met with the media yesterday. Uh, talked about his team needing one win for a bowl game. You know, we got a work cut out for us. You know, we go on the road, still looking for that first win on the road, and um, it's going to be a tough place to play. But we're really excited, you know, coming off of Saturday and where we're at as a, a team and, and uh, you know, pretty healthy, relatively healthy, and ready to go. Do you think this has been a harder schedule last year than, than this year, just top to bottom? I mean, I know the non-conference was with, you know, what you had to face and. North Carolina State and and Houston. Even though you played at Houston last year, you didn't have a an opponent the caliber of of a North Carolina State. You know, last year in your non con. But it seems like the Big Twelve. I don't know if it's tougher necessarily than last year, but it seems to be certainly more even, where anything can happen on any given day. So, do I think this year's was tougher? Yeah. Okay. You asked that very uh, backwardsly. Yeah, backwards. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Okay. I was a little confused too. Yeah. And, um, you know so, what, yes, I'm this year's schedule is much tougher than last year. Sometimes schedule. I'm confused with myself as well. So, um, the, definitely the non-conference. There's no question there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no question there. You you went through that stretch of playing five straight, right, against ranked teams, mm-hmm. and that's that was really difficult. I mean, it felt like Baylor and Oklahoma State and Oklahoma were more dominant teams than they feel like this year. So la- last year in that regard was tougher. 
but you also had games where like there's there's no gimmies this year Mm -hmm. and in years past you felt like there were gimmies and uh, so that's that's tough that's that's a tough answer question to answer the the fact that i was extremely nervous going into the kansas game this year the fact that TC is going to win the conference this year, the way it looks like, at least for the regular season, mm-hmm. is not something we expected at all at the beginning of the year. Your non-conference schedule is harder. There is nothing about this schedule this year that makes it easier than last year, except that the top might not be as high, right? but the yeah. floor is there definitely There were games last needs. year where you said, that you, have, you don't have a chance of winning this one. You're not going to win this game. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. and then, but this year you've never felt that way really for any of the games. Felt like you've been in all of them, or you've had a chance to win any of them. Sure, going into the game, yeah, mm-hmm. you had a mm-hmm. shot. Mm-hmm. No, there've been some games where you once you got in haven't, but um, you know, I think that there'll be a lot of comparisons to last year if you don't get to bowl eligibility, and it certainly will be a disappointment. But here you are, you know, with two games to play, and. Uh, you know, you have have a chance to get to be bowl eligible with a team that you got to be bowl eligible against last year. I wonder, um, I wonder from Iowa State standpoint, is there any carryover from last year and going, hey man, these guys beat us on a sixty-two yard field goal. We cannot let that happen again. Do you think there's that? Do you think there's that discussion in names about that at all? No. Okay. Yeah, I think you're 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 probably right about that. I mean, they're. I mean, they're offensively so bad this year and they're just worried about being consistent on the offensive side of the ball i mean i don't i don't think going back to they made a 62 yard field goal against us last year means anything to them right now okay just like just like it seems like uh 10 years ago when that field goal has been made here you know when you think about everything that's transpired with you know having an interim coach and then winning the bowl game and having a new head coach and you know, kind of a new way of doing things and the revived enthusiasm from the fan base. And I think you've had, for the most part, really good crowds. I mean, there've been times when you would certainly have liked to have had more at the end or what you had at the end is what you had at the start. I don't have the solution to that. You know, I thought being competitive would be enough, but uh, apparently that's not the case for some folks. They're just interested in getting to the car. Well, um, if they were gotten to the car, they would have missed this last year. Tied at 38, <laughs> three seconds to go, 62-yard try. Garibay has his foot into wow. it. It may be long enough. It is good. It is good. It is good. Jonathan Garibay has won the game with a 62-yard field goal. Oh, my God. Can you believe that? Woo! Yeah, baby. <laughs> You seriously didn't keep talking about the kick and expecting me not to have it ready to play <laughs> this week. <laughs> I mean, there are rules around here. There are rules around here, right? Right. Okay. Well, at any rate, uh, that it's always nice to hear that, right? Always. You know, you know if you're Jonathan Garibay, that's that's your ringtone for a while, isn't it? Always. <laughs> I'm I'm curious about him if and, and maybe maybe he will. Uh, get another opportunity in the NFL. Um, but I haven't heard anything. I mean, not even a 
sniff of a tryout. Who knows? He may have, and we just don't know. It's not like they announce, hey, I'm going to go have a tryout here, but you just haven't. And maybe he'll become one of those guys that's in that practice kind of rotation where somebody misses a field goal or a couple extra points, and all of a sudden, all right, we're going to bring in 16 kickers, and Garibay's going to be one of them. I hope he gets a chance. Yeah, absolutely. Hope he gets a chance. You've been listening to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. For more from Lubbock Sports Station, go to double T 973.com.